Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Luke Holloway, editor of The Journal. In this episode, I'll be talking to Sarah Lord and Steve Jenkins. In this episode of the podcast, we're talking about reskilling for a career in the financial planning and insurance professions. And we're joined today by Sarah Lord, President of the Personal Finance Society, and Steve Jenkins, Development Director at the Chartered Insurance Institute. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Here's our conversation with Sarah and Steve. Hello, Sarah, and hello, Steve, and thank you so much for joining us today on CII Radio. Hi there. Hi. Thanks for for speaking to us today. So I thought I could start by asking you both at a time when, you know, the the pandemic's been ongoing and people are perhaps looking to reskill or looking for a new career path. What can be done to attract more talent into the financial services profession and also the insurance profession as well? Sarah, if we could perhaps start with you. Thank you. I think, you know, the the last 12 months with the pandemic has highlighted the need for financial advice and financial planning more than ever. And so I think, you know, there's a real opportunity for us to continue to do the great work that um, we've been doing as a profession over the last five years in particular in raising the profile of the profession and how as financial planners or in financial advice, we help clients have that confidence around their financial future. We've we've seen great steps being taken around, you know, raising profile at universities, for example. So for people doing degrees to then when they come out of university, following a career in financial advice through grad schemes. But actually, it starts earlier than that, because I think, you know, we we have done some good work to date around raising the profile of the profession as a career and the fact that you can actually go to university and study financial advice, financial planning. But I think what we need to do more of is raise that awareness of it. It's not just necessarily that that grad route, but is you can join this profession at any point. So um, whether that's as a school leaver or actually as, you know, as a, a second career and, you know, raising the profile of the profession in general is something that I'm really passionate about. And Steve, is that something you'd echo for perhaps in the insurance profession as, as well? Yeah, I think I'd echo what Sarah said. I think the pandemic has made many, many people reflect on the need to plan for their future more. You know, the world, if ever there was one thing that the pandemic has uh, left us with in terms of an impression is that the world is very, very uncertain. And in an uncertain world, people are going to need help from advisors to plan for the future, to prepare for the unexpected and to provide security and take worries away from them. So if you, you know, if ever there was a time to articulate what a worthy role an advisor has, whether it's in financial planning, building wealth, protecting against the unexpected and providing financial resilience, or indeed you think about insurance, New risks are emerging in in insurance. You think the pandemic risk, you think cyber risk, you think technology risks. All of these risks individuals and corporations will face. 
and there will be a need for trusted advisors to help people plan for those risks. And if we can therefore articulate the career opportunities that can be created by that, by those opportunities, uh, there are many places where we can do that more proactively. No doubt we'll talk about that and discuss that in this discussion. Absolutely. Sarah, coming back to you, why would you say that financial advice or a career in financial advice is, is so rewarding for people that are looking to reskill or looking for a new career path? For me, I think, you know, it's such a rewarding career because you get to work with individuals um, and kind of provide them with financial confidence. You know, like I, I said earlier, and Steve's just been saying, we're seeing it now more than ever, the importance of having financial resilience and financial confidence. So actually to work with clients and give them that confidence around their finances is hugely rewarding. And also the relationships, you know, having done the role for 20 years now and being in the profession that long building um, relationships with my clients has been so rewarding and so really what I've really enjoyed as kind of my career because the focus has very much been on giving clients confidence but then taking them to that level where they actually realize their financial goals their lifestyle goals and actually that's really satisfying that the work that I've done as a financial advisor a financial planner has helped those individuals achieve what they wanted to achieve so for me that's kind of like the most rewarding thing is sort of the satisfaction of seeing people achieve what they want to achieve and Steve what would you add to that and and could you perhaps talk about some of the benefits or the incentives of working in the insurance broking profession for, for instance well if you think about what Sarah's just said about financial advice and provision of financial resilience and and helping people achieve their goals what you're effectively doing in order to get to that point is taking taking uncertainty and taking worry and taking insecurity away from people and a a lot of those a lot of that purpose a lot of that focus is equally applicable in an insurance broking environment you know insurance broking is also the provision of advice to protect against the unexpected. If you think about the concept of insurance, it's rooted in social purpose. It's the contribution of the many fund the misfortune of the few. And in an uncertain world, there will be more misfortune. And in in some respects, in respect of risks that are yet to actually emerge. So I would suggest that insurance broking can be a very rewarding environment to be able to put solutions in place to meet those uncertain risks. And I think insurance broking will follow a path that financial advice has followed over the last, uh, since, since regulatory change about 10, 15 years ago, because it will be seen as something that's very, very important and has a social good in terms of its outcomes as well. So I think it's a great opportunity for us to promote the collective profession at the moment. Indeed. Sarah, what kind of skills or qualities might an individual need to be successful in financial advice, would you say? I think it's financial advice, but I think it also just picking up what Steve says, you know, there's quite a lot of crossover in the insurance profession too. I think from a financial advice perspective, obviously kind of a degree of numeracy is really quite important because we spend our day sort of working with numbers and financial planning. But I think overarching all of it is kind of real two qualities. And that's really the ability to engage with individuals and build relationships. So being highly personable because you need to build those relationships with your clients. But 
linked to that is the ability because you know there's a lot of technical knowledge required ultimately for the role government's done very good over the years of changing legislation and making you know some of the financial solutions quite complex and really one of the the key strengths or attributes is very much around being able to make the complex simple and being able to almost act as a translator and I don't mean that in any sort of pack patronizing way to our clients but there's so much jargon used in our profession there is so much complexity around the language and so much um, sort of technical detail that actually one of the key strengths is being able to obviously understand all of that but replay it into the client in the way in which they understand it and it makes sense for their own financial planning so that they then have that confidence can i add to that luke so that, you know, if you take the concept of turning the complex problem into a simple solution and then you link that back to what we were talking a minute ago in terms of financial advice gives people peace of mind it creates financial resilience and insurance broking actually helps people anticipate risks that they hadn't anticipated in an uncertain world you know put that now in the minds of somebody that's building a career as an advisor in either of these professions that's going to be really really fulfilling because you're actually helping people put solutions in place that they hadn't otherwise thought that were going to cause them problems so as well as the kind of technical skills around financial numeracy and complex thinking so on and so forth the ability to build ongoing relationships with people over a period of time becomes absolutely fundamental and so i think this is a this is a skill set that sits very very nicely in the context of a profession i think if ever there was a good time to introduce something the concept of something called a profession now is that time people are crying out to deal with advisors or if you like expert friends let's call them that that are knowledgeable experts ethical and keep their knowledge up to date provide a safe harbor for help through you know uncertain times so i think it's a it, our role here at the cii and the pfs is to be able to articulate these careers in 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 a way that will resonate with prospective talent and look at all the sources of talent that we can we can reach out to because now is the time to do it. Absolutely, um, and that kind of leads me on to the question, Steve. You've mentioned there of, of how important it is, you know, to to build relationships and how much it is a, a kind of a people profession. Um, how important is networking in the financial advice sector and and also you know the insurance profession? And perhaps where with someone with no background in those in those professions, where where do they begin to kind of build connections and, and start relationships? Well, we've done some early work at some of the universities and higher education institutions. But I think one of the benefits of joining the financial advice or the insurance profession is that you will, even though your career might take you through different organizations as you build it, hopefully your career will will mean that you build a relationship ongoing with your professional body, be it the PFS in financial advice or the CII in insurance. And the professional bodies create kind of a community of like-minded individuals in which one can build up the network. What you see now in financial advice is whether people are joining small or medium-sized firms in the local community or whether they're joining some of the larger firms who have specific academies attracting people from outside of the sector. There's a real uh, real momentum now to invest in creating an environment where people can thrive. And I think, to your point, networking is absolutely fundamental, but there are organisations that help foster that across both financial advice and um, and financial planning. 
Definitely. And and Sarah, turning to you, I mean, you've become PFS president at quite a strange and unique time, really. I mean, during the last year, how important has, has networking been that we've had to kind of shift a lot of events to digital and, and how important is staying connected with, with other professionals as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's paramount. You're right. It's a very strange year to be pre- um, president and um, when it's kind of a lot of this virtual world. But I think I echo really what Steve's saying and also that this whole importance of networking. Um, people don't often know where to start. And I think, you know, one of the key things is potentially looking at, for some people, these maybe work experience because that's just how you start to build your sort of network within the profession or looking at internships too rather than necessarily straight in for sort of reskilling through one of the formal pathways but for me you know over the last 20 years in the profession I've met a lot of people and built a lot of connections and I think it's really important that you know, as a profession, we are really quite connected so that we can share good practice so that we can help others on their journey into the profession. Because, you know, we we all need support from time to time, whether that's with our roles or whether that's with our careers or whether that's on sort of particular pathways. And I think the other aspect of I suppose, you know, whether it's networking or whether it's just us building knowledge and experience as a career is around looking out at some of the mentor programs, you know, that have run, for example. I think, again, that's another way of building the contacts and building the networks. But at the same time, you know, whether acting as a mentor or being a mentee is kind of a way of giving back too. So I think that's another really important aspect, which obviously has been a focus of the CII and the PFS as to kind of how those networks are built too. Steve, um, Sarah touched there on some of the potential routes that individuals can take into the profession, um, such as work experience, apprenticeships. Can you tell us about some of the the schemes or initiatives that the CII and the PFS are involved in terms of of education and reskilling? Yeah, well, there's two specific, uh, Sarah's touched on a mentoring scheme, but uh, one thing I'd like to mention is a a new programme that the CII has introduced over the last few years called the Aspire programme. The Aspire programme was introduced in the light of the introduction of the apprenticeship levies. Many people, certainly people my age, would have viewed apprenticeships as something very much in terms of the old trades, whereas apprenticeships now can be built as much like they are in many European countries as an equally prestigious route into a profession as a a graduate route. And many organisations have embraced the whole concept of apprenticeships. There are apprenticeships that run across financial advice and there are apprenticeships that run across the insurance sector, the insurance practitioner apprenticeship. And um, obviously, many of the large organisations run their own apprenticeship schemes. These include professional qualifications because the PFS and the CII qualifications are baked into the apprenticeship schemes. But they also uh, provide access to support from dedicated apprenticeship training providers as well that provide broader on-the-job training and actually uh, soft skills as well. For those organisations that are smaller, though, for whom teaming up with an apprenticeship provider might be problematic. The CII itself has basically secured a sector-wide apprenticeship arrangement with a particular apprenticeship provider and actually provides apprenticeship schemes across financial advice and insurance broking as well, where we have something in the region of 200 apprenticeships on that program at the moment. What that does, of course, it provides people with professional qualifications and a sector-specific 
qualification through their apprenticeship. And that provides small businesses, whether they're financial advisory firms or indeed insurance brokers, with the opportunity to take new talent on at, at a fraction of the cost that would otherwise be the case, knowing that the talent will be supported in terms of their own development. And Steve, say an individual, you know, does begin to think about a career in, in financial advice or or looks to, you know, enter insurance broking. What what kind of commitment is needed from a potential kind of new advisor or or uh, or broker in terms of cost and in terms of time time studying? I think that's a good question because I think if you enter a profession, whilst a profession will create a very fulfilling and rewarding opportunity to build a career. A profession does require a significant commitment. It's not something you can fall into or do half-heartedly. It does require a significant commitment from an individual. But being professionally qualified will set that individual fair for the remainder of their career, irrespective of whether it's a regulatory requirement or not. And so you would expect, you know, I'm being very, very generic, a two or, year, two or three year program to, to get yourself qualified to a different level. In financial advice, there's a regulatory requirement to be qualified to the equivalent of the first year university degree. But many, many advisors now are going on to become what's known as chartered, and that gives them the similar status that you would expect to see in the legal or the or the accountancy profession, and uh, and we're seeing very many people building a career in insurance broking and also wanting to do exactly the same thing of their own volition, because what that then does it sets them fair to be viewed as a as a professional in their local community, much in the same way as you've seen take place in the legal, the accountancy, the surveying and other professions over recent years. So uh, I think there are many, many opportunities, but it does require a significant personal commitment. But there are many organisations, not just the professional bodies, but there are many organisations and employers and networks and service providers out there that will provide significant support to help people reach their goals. Excellent. And and Sarah, any final thoughts from you on reskilling in, in a career in financial services or anything you'll be doing throughout your PFS presidency to um, help attract new talent into the profession? Well, I'd, I'd just like to emphasise the point that Steve made around the Aspire programme and kind of how that really can help individuals sort of transition or reskill and have a, a rewarding career in you know financial advice, financial planning, and I think I also echo a point that Steve made around it does take commitment, you know, particularly from our perspective because you know need to be at sort of level four qualification to be able to advise, but the. It is so rewarding when you get there and, you know, it, it does take some time but to get through the exams, but it's hugely rewarding. And, you know, from my perspective, I've always felt that actually doing the exams gives me knowledge and knowledge gives me power. And I don't mean that from a power perspective, but it actually means that I can really help my clients if I have that knowledge. So there's plenty of exams. It does require dedication and commitment, but it is so rewarding as you go through it. Thank you, Sarah. And Steve, any final words from you um, or could we direct people to find out more information about um, qualifications, apprenticeships and, and chartered and that sort of thing as well? Well, with regard to the, I'll take the second part first. Uh, certainly in terms of careers in uh, insurance and financial services, look at the pfs.org and the cii.co.uk websites. On there, you'll see reference to apprenticeships, to careers and to the qualification pathways. I just reiterate the theme of what we've been talking about today. If 
you know, the world is an uncertain place. People are looking for help. They're looking to become financially resilient. They're looking for people to take away uncertainty for them. And in order to do that confidently, they need access to advice. And so if ever was an opportunity to step up to the plate and provide advice, trusted advice, in an ethical way and in a knowledgeable way, I would have thought that that is a great, great career opportunity. And we at the CII and the PFS recognise our role in in making that clearer to different people. But uh, I think uh, it's, it's a really important and fulfilling and rewarding career. Well, massive thanks to you, Steve, and thank you, Sarah, for, for joining us today. Um, it's been a hugely insightful, kind of an encouraging chat on careers in financial services and, and the insurance profession and, and attracting new talent. So thank you very much for your time and uh, joining us on CII Radio today. Thanks very much. Thank you. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at CII Group. So until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening to CII Radio. Radio.